was preceded by an elopement, and this greatly captivated Adelaida Ivanovna's fancy. Fyodor Pavlovich's position at the time made him specially eager for any such enterprise, for he was passionately anxious to make a career in one way or another. To attach himself to good family and to obtain a dowry was an alluring prospect. As for mutual love, it did not exist apparently either in the bride or in him, in spite of Adelaida Ivanovna's beauty. This was perhaps a unique case of the kind in the life of Fyodor Pavlovitch, who was always of a voluptuous temper and ready to run after any petticoat on the slightest encouragement. She seems to have been the only woman who made no particular appeal to his senses. Immediately after the elopement, Adelaida Ivanovna discerned in a flash that she had no feeling for her husband but contempt. The marriage accordingly showed itself in its true colors with extraordinary rapidity. Although the family accepted the event pretty quickly and apportioned the runaway bride her dowry, the husband and wife began to lead a most disorderly life, and there were everlasting scenes between them. It was said that the young wife showed incomparably more generosity and dignity than Fyodor Pavlovich, who, as is now known, got hold of all her money up to twenty-five thousand roubles as soon as she received it, so that those thousands were lost to her forever. The little village and the rather fine town-house, which formed part of her dowry, he did his utmost for a long time to transfer to his name by means of some deed of conveyance. He would probably have succeeded merely from her moral fatigue and desire to get rid of him, and from the contempt and loathing he aroused by his persistent and shameless importunity. But fortunately Adelaida Ivanovna's family intervened and circumvented his greediness. It is known for a fact that frequent fights took place between the husband and wife, but rumor had it that Fyodor Pavlovich did not beat his wife, but was beaten by her, for she was a hot-tempered, bold, dark-browed, impatient woman, possessed of remarkable physical strength. Finally she left the house and ran away from Fyodor Pavlovich with a destitute divinity student, leaving Mitya, a child of three years old, in her husband's hands. Immediately Fyodor Pavlovich introduced a regular harem into the house, and abandoned himself to orgies of drunkenness. In the intervals he used to drive all over the province, complaining tearfully to each and all of Adelaida Ivanovna's having left him, going into details too disgraceful for a husband to mention in regard to his own married life. What seemed to gratify him and flatter his self-love most was to play the ridiculous part of the injured husband and to parade his woes with embellishments. "'One would think that you'd got a promotion, Fyodor Pavlovich. "'You seem so pleased in spite of your sorrow,' scoffers said to him. "'Many even added that he was glad of a new comic part in which to play the buffoon, "'and that it was simply to make it funnier that he pretended to be unaware of his ludicrous position. "'But who knows? It may have been simplicity. "'At last he succeeded in getting on the track of his runaway wife.' the poor woman turned out to be in Petersburg, where she had gone with her divinity student, 
and where she had thrown herself into a life of complete emancipation. Fyodor Pavlovich at once began bustling about, making preparations to go to Petersburg, with what object he could not himself have said. He would perhaps have really gone, but having determined to do so, he felt at once entitled to fortify himself for the journey by another bout of reckless drinking. And just at that time his wife's family received the news of her death in Petersburg. She had died quite suddenly in a garret, according to one story, of typhus, or, as another version had it, of starvation. Fyodor Pavlovich was drunk when he heard of his wife's death, and the story is that he ran out into the street and began shouting with joy, raising his hands to heaven. "'Lord, now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace!' But others say he wept without restraint, like a little child, so much so that people were sorry for him, in spite of the repulsion he inspired. It is quite possible that both versions were true, that he rejoiced at his release, and at the same time wept for her who released him. As a general rule, people, even the wicked, are much more naive and simple-hearted than we suppose. And we ourselves are, too. CHAPTER Two: HE GETS RID OF HIS ELDEST SON You can easily imagine what a father such a man could be, and how he would bring up his children. His behavior as a father was exactly what might be expected. He completely abandoned the child of his marriage with Adelaida Ivanovna, not from malice, nor because of his matrimonial grievances, but simply because he forgot him. While he was wearying everyone with his tears and complaints, and turning his house into a sink of debauchery, a faithful servant of the family, Grigori, took the three-year-old Mitya into his care. If he hadn't looked after him, there would have been no one even to change the baby's little shirt. It happened, moreover, that the child's relations on his mother's side forgot him too at first. His grandfather was no longer living. His widow, Mitya's grandmother, had moved to Moscow and was seriously ill, while his daughters were married, so that Mitya remained for almost a whole year in old Grigory's charge, and lived with him in the servant's cottage. But if his father had remembered him, he could not indeed have been altogether unaware of his existence, he would have sent him back to the cottage, as the child would only have been in the way of his debaucheries. But a cousin of Mitya's mother, Pyotr Alexandrovich, Musov, happened to return from Paris. He lived for many years afterwards abroad, but was at that time quite a young man and distinguished among the Musovs as a man of enlightened ideas and of European culture who had been in the capitals and abroad. Towards the end of his life he became a liberal of the type common in the forties and fifties. In the course of his career he had come into contact with many of the most liberal men of his epoch, both in Russia and abroad. He had known Proudhon and Bakunin personally, and in his declining years was very fond of describing the three days of the Paris Revolution of February 1848, hinting that he himself had almost taken part in the fighting on the barricades. This was one of the most grateful recollections of his youth. He had an independent property of about a thousand souls, to reckon in the old style. His splendid estate lay on the outskirts of our little town, 
and bordered on the lands of our famous monastery, with which Pyotr Alexandrovich began an endless lawsuit, almost as soon as he came into the estate, concerning the rights of fishing in the river or wood-cutting in the forest. I don't know exactly which. He regarded it as his duty as a citizen and a man of culture to open an attack upon the clericals. Hearing all about Adelaida Ivanovna, whom he, of course, remembered, and in whom he had one time been interested, and learning of the existence of Mitya, he intervened in spite of all his youthful indignation and contempt for Fyodor Pavlovich. He made the latter's acquaintance for the first time and told him directly that he wished to undertake the child's education. He used long afterwards to tell, as a characteristic touch, that when he began to speak of Mitya, Fyodor Pavlovich looked for some time as though he did not understand what child he was talking about, and even as though he was surprised to hear that he had a little son in the house. The story may have been exaggerated, yet it must have been something like the truth. Fyodor Pavlovich was all his life fond of acting, of suddenly playing an unexpected part, sometimes without any motive for doing so, and even to his own direct disadvantage, as, for instance, in the present case. This habit, however, is characteristic of a very great number of people, some of them very clever ones, not like Fyodor Pavlovich. Pyotr Alexandrovich carried the business through vigorously, and was appointed with Fyodor Pavlovich joint guardian of the child, who had a small property, a house and land left him by his mother. Mitya did, in fact, pass into his cousin's keeping, but as the latter had no family of his own, and after securing the revenues of his estates,